Set your system's volume control for slightly above the normal listening level. Let's go. Second level thinking is defined as looking beyond the easy, obvious conclusions. You got to do some smart thinking. Welcome to the second level. To the second level on SB Nation Radio and on SBNationRadio.com, where we go beyond the box score. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Rocket Mortgage is with you every step of the way. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts Studios, here's your host, Aton Shander. Well, we're inching closer to the lockdown, wherever you are. You see it happening in California, New York. It's only a matter of time before it's national, maybe not mandated from the top. But everywhere you are, it's pretty much stay the hell home. So you're finding more and more creative ways for people to spend their time and deal with the quarantine. And not even as a result of being sick, but just as a result of preventative measures and i know every time you turn on the nightly news local national you see now the viral clips of the kids and it's a lot right of a similar scenario down in florida and the other beaches tampa is one of them and speaking of tampa i mean think about this in the span of a week you had an area with beaches flooded with young people who just did not give a crap about any of the warnings from medical professionals, forget any politicians or any side of the coin. It's more about just, hey, simple medical professionals telling you, stay the hell home. And then from there being the nation's laughing stock, sports returns, the NFL returns, free agency pops, and Tom Brady leaves New England. And that's where we'll begin coming up in five minutes as this is going to be a Tampa Bay jam-packed hour. First up, Anthony Beck, who played in the NFL 13 years, tight end, high level, down in Tampa for a while now, does Bucks pre-post game work, also has covered the NFL nationally for a couple of different outlets as an analyst. There's a lot going on in the league. We'll stay in Tampa at 1040 as well, but here's the thing. One thing that I don't really get Regarding all of this, and this just tells you where we are right now in the quarantining of sports, Chris Godwin to defer to Brady at number 12 is the top story right now on ESPN as far as their number one headline. Now, that's not the problem I have. The problem is defer. That's the issue. Defer. Make money while you can, young man. And in this case, you might be able to make a lot. Anthony back next. Scratching beneath the surface, it's the second level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts Studios, here's Aton Shander. Normally you would think it's 10, 12, wherever it might be. Normally you might think, hey, slow day in news where the top story is a star-wide receiver on a team where Tom Brady is now going to play, going back and forth and now ultimately deferring to Brady on what to do with the jersey number. But in this case, we'll take anything we can get. So it's not minutia. It's not glossing over anything. This is everything we have right now in front of us because I'm not about to break down the Australian Football League, nor is our next guest. 
Oh, I'm sure actually could. Anthony Beck, at Anthony underscore Beck, played in the NFL 12 years, tight end, high level. Now ESPN college football. Man, I want to make sure I get it right. Jets preseason down in Tampa as well. And first and foremost, my friend, how are you? How's everything going down there? Hey, everything's good, you know. Just uh, spent a lot of time with my uh, family. My kids are on spring break, so, you know, we really were going to – we didn't really have anything planned, so we were going to kind of play it by ear. But being that, uh, you know, the weather's been really beautiful, we've been just kind of hanging out the house, shooting hoops, nice. playing a little golf at a, at a little golf course by me that nobody goes to. And, uh, you know, just try to, you know, do what we can to, to kind of spend it. Actually, the, the, the one thing we actually have chose, me and my kid have been going through some old baseball cards that I have not looked through in years. Uh, there's about, about 150,000 of them, to be honest with you. Some, some older woman gave them to me for free one day, and I just put them in my garage, and I haven't <laughs> never looked at them. So we've been going through it. It's been kind of cool going through some old gems. Do you find anything? Mickey Mantle, second year? Rod Carew, anything we should know about? <laughs> so we're, uh, it's not that old. Uh, they, they don't go way back like that. They, they're roughly uh, the, uh, the oldest year we've hit so far is uh, 83. So you know, there's a ton of, uh, of prospects and players have gone through there. We've pulled quite a few out. It takes a while, though, tub by tub, man. It, you know, just oh, my goodness. Through them all. Some... <laughs> yeah. This is awesome. I'm, I'm seeing you tweet now the Dunruss card. Oil can boy, that's an eighty-seven right yeah. there, man. <laughs> yeah, you know when we hit those, uh, you know, remember them cards when we were growing up? Yep. Uh, the Raider rookies and the Dom Ross. It starts to come back to you a little bit, but yeah, there was a couple interesting ones that I just had to had to post that I thought were pretty cool. What's your favorite? Is it Fleer? Is it what's the one with the Ricky Henderson rookie that was worth a? Ken Griffey was the upper deck, right? That was the one that was worth a lot. Yeah. What's your favorite? Is it Fleer? Is it Dunruss? Is it Tops? Which one do you go, A.B.? You know, for me, I was a, a traditionalist, and it seemed like Tops were the easiest ones to get as yeah. a kid. And I just accumulated so many Tops. Um, you know, we, we actually went through a set. I think it was an 87 top set. So, you know, we pulled out the Bo Jackson Future Stars, the Jose Canseco Rookie, and the Barry Bonds. And a couple of those, I think uh, Maddox is also in there as well. So it was kind of, it was kind of cool going back. But you know, all the ones that I didn't really collect as much outside of this collection, you know, I, you know, Dom Ross, Fleer, Score, Upper Deck, I wasn't really getting those. So th this is kind of cool to kind of go. There's a variety of kinds in, in these boxes and tubs. So it's been, uh, it's been interesting. I know, like a lot of the sets I've gone through, some of the, the numbers are in order. So. I kind of know which card is who, uh, so as I go through, they're not in there. The good ones sometimes aren't in those sets, but I know they're in one of those boxes. So eventually, I'll find the box that the cards got pulled out of that they put all the good ones in. So uh, you know, we haven't hit it yet, but we're working our way to it. Now I'm sure somewhere in the household there is an Anthony Becht card, right? Well, yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I had bought this safe, you know, back when I got drafted. It was just big-ass heavy safe that I, I, I really didn't put anything in. But I started <laughs> to get my cards over the years. So every time I got a new stack of cards that came out of me, I'd stick them in this safe. So I was actually at storage. I saw the state, the safe, and it's still in there. Every one of the cards, every card that was ever printed of me is in that safe, multiple ones. 
And the ones that were actually the, the, the what would he call it, the most the hardest ones to find were when we originally got drafted, uh, all the rookies, they still do this, they go out to uh, a rookie premiere, and we all went to Orlando. They took the top 30 name guys or whatever, and we took a photo of ourselves and multiple different facets, and we actually created a card that day that they gave us. Well, we got every one of those guys to sign the car, their own oh, wow. card, and I got them all put in plastic cases. So literally, it's the first card of every guy of the top players in the 20 class, uh, 2000 class. Right. And they're actually all in there, signed, sealed, and delivered. So I haven't opened it in a while, but I'll get in there. I'll get to mine soon. But there's a couple. The ones that are good are me are the jersey ones. You remember they used to put the jersey in uh, pieces of the game-worn jersey. And I, I got a couple of those cards that actually had my jersey. And so I was able to get a stack of those, which is pretty cool. So I don't those are kind of those. the vintage ones for me. The ones with the yeah, jersey? Yeah, you know, they used to tear off game-worn jerseys. Yeah, so cut off little squares of game-worn jerseys. Every sport did it. I, uh, there's a couple we actually pulled out, a couple hockey ones that we pulled out of the, some of these boxes today oh that actually goodness. have game-worn jerseys on them that are in, into the card. It's a thicker card, but it's def, it's, it's kind of in there like a little bit of a windowsill kind of thing. It's kind of cool. I'm looking at this right now. Rookies to watch, Fleer, 2000. Number 355, Lavernius Coles, Anthony Becht. Look at that. Now, I could get this yeah. mint right now with shipping for 4 bucks, A.B. I probably have 100 of those, at least 100 of those. Perfect 10, 10 mint condition, 10 mint condition. That's PSA, a, whatever they call it, I don't know what it is. That's amazing. Yeah, I think it's mint. You're right. All right, so I have to ask, right, because this is a major story right now, and you know we'll take anything we can get. But if you're Chris Godwin and you, Anthony Beck, you're in this position, okay, you wear 12. Now all of a sudden Tom Brady comes. I get from a lot of sense and reason and respect, you know, hey, look, he's the GOAT, okay. But can't you get something? I mean, you might not be, you probably will never be in a position of this much leverage with that type of person again in your life. Yeah, you know, I think Tom's a dude that probably do the right thing. If I'm Chris Godwin, I would play this real cool and cerebral. I would actually give him the jersey, not asking for anything, and hope in return that he'll give him something. He could be just go straight out and say, uh, look, this is my price, and he'll probably get it. I, I'd say that jersey number to Tom Brady's worth anywhere between, yeah, I'd say anywhere between twenty-five to seventy-five thousand uh, dollars, which is, I think, a, a cheap bet. He, he may be able to get a hundred on the quiet end, but I mean, look, that, that's his brand now. TB12 is everywhere. I, I don't see him rocking thirteen, and you know, and still trying to go on with the brand. So. You know, as as much as they may downplay it, you know, I'm sure there's something there. And he might have even gotten some – actually, what would be smart for Tom if he did this, and I wouldn't be surprised if he did it, in his contract actually got like an extra um, uh, small bonus money, like 100000 and said, look, we'll give you this up front. You can pass that on <laughs> however you want to, to Goblin, get your jersey, and it's all done. We'll actually do the deal for you. That would be one smart thing on his end. On the other side, I would say if I'm Chris Godwin, forget the money. I would get shares into this new production company yes. that he just started out in L.A. That would be the better thing. Get a couple stakes, stocks of that and just sit on those things. I'm sure that thing is going to 
uh, grow exponentially over the years. Smart man, you're right. You, you need shares, not cash. Exactly right. That's going to go a long way. Royalties. <laughs> Put me on as an EP on a project, some, anything that could work like that. Exactly, man. I, I no like doubt. how you think. Okay, that, that makes me feel a little better because I didn't want Chris Godwin to just have to give something up and not get anything back. And yeah, I don't know, maybe Brady comes in and says, oh, well, he's giving me the jersey. That's fine. Doesn't say anything. And nobody's going to say anything to Brady. Right, because he's only going to be there for two years, if that. Well, I, I've seen situations now where guys, uh, you know, look, what's this? Godwin's going to be into going into his third season. They just take the number from him. I mean, there's no questions asked. So Is that right? Has that happened lucky before? He's in a situ- oh yeah, yeah, I've seen it happen where guys show up and you know, big free agent signing, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, I'm not that number anymore. you got to go get a different number. They, oh, just, they just make it happen. So Chris has got a little bit of leeway here because <laughs> he did put up some pretty solid numbers last season. But, again, he's still in the low end. So they could, But they could really just take it from him, but I don't think they'll go that route. So let's work in reverse. Anthony Beck joining us, of course, at Anthony underscore Beck on Twitter. Aton Shander, it's the second level. I want to work kind of going back to where we were last year, kind of at the end of last year, because I know that it was a mixed bag, and I know that it wasn't as easy as pointing to the interceptions. But overall, how much of a problem, how big of an issue when it came to the team not succeeding was Jameis Winston? You know, first, I think everybody's got this, mindset that everybody's kind of piling on Jameis and it was like the big Jameis mishap show last year that's the reason why the Bucks didn't do what they did. Everybody had their part throughout the season. I would just say this, um, you know the numbers that got put up the statistics outside the interceptions were mind-boggling I mean to do what they did was just unbelievable but the interceptions also, there were probably at least there were definitely double-digit dropped interceptions as well, and there was a ton of throws that we could say, well, those were awesome tight window throws, or you know what, that probably shouldn't have gone there, and they got the play, and you know it, it worked out for them. So, uh, you know, I just feel like it's kind of ran its course, you know. Would another year help Jameis in the system and probably help him be a better quarterback? It's possible. Does the the landscape the, the the landscape of what he's done over five years is that enough information to tell you you know what we are we know what you are and you know we don't want to put that time in that that's that's probably the bigger side of it and I think if Tom Brady wasn't available um, for the Buccaneers and it wasn't a real thing. And you know what? He may have just came back, and they would have worked something out. So that's how probably close it was between him being the guy again and now struggling to at least land a spot where he feels he can get a chance. I don't know if there's a spot where he can get a chance initially. He'll have to really pick the weakest uh, spot out there from a starting quarterback standpoint and hope that going into the season, because I don't think he'll win a job, into week one that that quarterback struggles or there's a possibility of an injury. And that's all, you know, kind of a hearsay thing where he'll get that next chance, but he did everything he asked for as what you wanted a franchise quarterback to be in the building first out of the building last. It's just the hard work and everything that he put into it didn't necessarily translate on the field in a consistent basis enough. 
And to be quite frankly, he made as as good as throws as some quarterbacks have all year, or really throughout his career, that any quarterback has ever thrown. But just the downs were just so much, so much to overcome. And, you know, yeah, all 33 interceptions weren't on him, but the ones that he did throw that were meaningful and situations throughout the season just killed this football team. It just wasn't enough to really have any success at all, even with those gaudy numbers on the positive side. All right, so let's look at Brady now. He arrives. What's the way, I guess, the, the big way, that Arians works Brady and, and his age and his arm not being where it was in an offense that has some pretty yeah. big power to it. You know, he, he's going to be able to make all the throws in the system. And I think the things that get implemented are, you know, what are the things that have made Tom successful in his career and kind of blend that into the, to the style of offense that Bruce is going to run. And, yeah, they're going to take their chances down the field. You only do that because you've got the quality and type of players to do that. They have that. He loves the tight end position. Well, you got O.J. Howard and Cameron Braid. I expect them to have monster years, a lot of play action, passes, you know, things that come off big. They have to improve the run game around him. Ronald Jones was a guy uh, that, that did some good things, but, you know, from inside, the sources are telling me, he, you know, he didn't, wasn't able to do things the right way all the time, and that's why he was limited on not being the feature back for this team. Well, Tom's always had three backs around him, a runner, a pass catcher, and a dual guy. Expect them to maybe go out and sign someone. You know, Deion Lewis is out there who's a potential option. Uh, you know, look, look for a guy to get drafted, but they definitely have to improve that area. And, of course, up front. They have three guys center to the left side that are quality offensive linemen. They have to find a way to improve the right side. Again, that draft pick in the first round, to me, is 1,000% going to be a, an offensive lineman. There's a ton of them that are coming out that are really good players that can plug in on the right side, and you can really upgrade your line. So can they improve and have some type of running game this year? Their defense has uh, got to be excited about what they're doing on defense. You have a former head coach, one of the top coordinators in the game, and Todd Bowles, who did a phenomenal job, probably the MVP of the team last year, on what he had to work with from a secondary standpoint and getting some really young uh, potential st- uh, corners and safeties to really play at a high level, which he did. And then you got your first-round middle linebacker, your defensive line now. you got your two bookends signed in contract. And B of A have probably played at a Pro Bowl level uh, for a guy that did make the Pro Bowl. So a lot of good things in shape and place for this football team. If he was on the team this, this past season, they would have made a wild-card playoff berth. There's no question. That's what they should have done. That, that's the kind of roster they had. Next year, there's no question they'll make the playoff. In my mind, I, I, would I bet my mortgage yeah. on it? No, but I, I'd be pretty it, close on it. But I think, I think they got a good chance of moving forward with that. I'm sorry, brother. I, I got to cut it. But I, you know what? I had a lot of fun just being able to get away from everything and talk baseball cards with you, man. Thank you. <laughs> All right, brother. I look it. forward to it. You got it. Anthony Beck at Anthony underscore Beck on Twitter. Follow him. He'll be posting about cards. News in the NFL next. Scratching beneath the surface, it's the second level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts Studios, here's Aton Shander. Saints, this is news coming down this evening that the Saints have worked to deal with Emmanuel Sanders. And you start to look at where New Orleans is right now. It's a two-year deal, 
and they are definitely shooting a shot to win as fast as humanly possible as you would imagine. It makes complete sense because Drew Brees ain't going to be around for much longer. Now, that team is definitely built right now to take a shot at something. And even last year, it was a little bit of a frustrating end to a team that had a lot of hope going into the postseason, especially based on what happened the year before. So this is a pretty big move for New Orleans to keep them afloat in the conversation of competing. The defense was there last year. Drew Brees got hurt. Everybody stepped up. Bridgewater steps up. Running backs go down. It didn't matter. They were deep in a couple of positions. But now when you actually look at that division itself, well, Carolina has a new head coach, and I'm as big of a Matt Rule fan as anybody on this network, I promise you. But I don't know what to expect from a team that is going to have to take a significant turn now. There's stopgap quarterback, Cam Newton on his way out. The defense needs to play significantly better than it did last year. And granted, some of that is just because they were put in a tough position with turnovers and all. But they lost eight straight games to end the season. I can't just automatically assume that a head coach is going to turn that thing around overnight. Especially when you're looking at the quarterback issues and more and beyond. Now, elsewhere, Atlanta right now is basically getting rid of everybody. Atlanta is not getting better. I know they signed Todd Gurley. That's a one-year, $6 million prove-it deal. Great. He's going to get a lot of carries because they're desperate. They lost Freeman already. Atlanta's moving in the opposite direction, and they were already in a situation where they needed to seriously improve that defense in order to compete. Offensive numbers were there. Matt Ryan, Jones, Hooper, who's gone, was there. Freeman was gone, was there, but... A lot of that came from them just being down. Look, doing the NFL rush on Sunday afternoons here, I was watching this team play fantasy updates a lot, not only for you all out there, but for me and my DFS squads. Hooper was a big part of it, and that team was down a lot. And then Tampa Bay has Tom Brady. Tampa Bay, we'll get to this coming up in six minutes, but the Bucks make it a Big splash in that division to just shock the entire world and say, ah, we're going to steal him from his hometown in the Chargers. We're going to bring him on down here. Watch out. Winston out. Brady in. But that team wasn't automatically a contender, even if Winston didn't turn the ball over as much as he did. And you heard Anthony Becht 10 minutes ago say, don't put it all on Winston. That team is going to be better than 7-9. and nine. But I don't necessarily think you can automatically put them even in a conversation with the addition of Brady as division winners yet. This is the Saints divisional lose. And they come back adding a guy in Emmanuel Sanders. That's a great fit for what they're trying to do. Mark Cook's going to join us in five minutes. We'll get some specifics on how that deal went down in Tampa Bay what it means now for this offense, Bruce Arians, this team moving forward. You know you got them on a two-year deal, how they pulled them away from L.A., the Chargers. But with Sanders signing right now to the Saints, you already have Drew Brees that you know is not going to be there much longer at all. You've got Malcolm Jenkins, and we're going to get into this coming up as well. 
this program because the Eagles had a major loss that then turned around into a huge gain with the trade. And that loss kind of went under-discussed here in Philadelphia, rightfully so, because it didn't impact them too long the day after they lost Malcolm Jenkins to free agency where he signs with the Saints. They make a trade for Darius Slay. But Jenkins going to the Saints is a sneaky play right there by Malcolm to align himself with a team that, of course, he played and won a Super Bowl with, but is basically selling him on the notion like, look, man, we're going to go after guys like Sanders. We're all in this year. You want to come back, you play for a year, it's going to be all in on a Super Bowl. Can you say that in Tampa? We'll find out next. Scratching beneath the surface, it's the second level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts Studios, here's Aton Shander. Big news beyond, of course, what to do with the jersey number is the guy coming to town. And we were waiting for this domino to fall. Quarterbacks were kind of nervous to sign until the news came about where Tom Brady would play. We get reports, Chargers, Bucks, Bucks, Chargers. Tampa wins the Tom Brady sweepstakes. We go down there as Mark Cook is kind enough to spend a couple of minutes with us tonight. At Mark Cook, 1970. Pewterreport.com is where you can read them. Mark, Aton Shander on the second level. Appreciate your time tonight, and congratulations, my friend. You guys got Brady. <laughs> we got Brady. Well, they got Brady. I didn't get Brady. I guess I do get Brady, right, in the media room? And, yes. And you know what else I get? I get a, a lot of these people that we've never seen before converging on one Buccaneer place to uh, to cover Tom Brady. But you know what? That's kind of exciting because, I've covered this team full-time since 2011, and, and really other than Darrell Rivas when, when the Buccaneers made that trade, um, there's been a lot of firepower, star power in, in Tampa Bay. Every once in a while we'll get a national guy that comes down for one day, but um, I have a feeling we're going to see a lot of these guys setting up shop in Tampa, uh, particularly once we get, and hopefully we get close to a training camp coming up in late July and early August. We're going to see uh, a lot of these faces we watch on television. We're going to be seeing them uh, trying to eat our food in the media room. That's amazing. You know, that's, that's a fascinating point to raise, Mark, and one that I haven't heard from people locally in Tampa is just the influx, as you mentioned, of the national media and the circus, the machine now that comes to town, especially because I didn't realize, and I guess, you know, you go on Google and look at the big names that they've signed or lack thereof, but I didn't realize that this circus, this machine, hasn't really come to town that often. You mentioned Revis. Was there anybody in between, or was there anything else, another moment that you thought, oh, my goodness, even if it's bad. Like, we had – I'm in Philly, and we had Tebow here for uh, an off – you know, like for a a training camp with Chip Kelly, and I thought, oh, my goodness, I've never seen Stephen A. Smith this much here in Philly. (laughs) We've had – even one time, I think it was last year, maybe the year before, um, and I don't even remember, probably doing something with Jameis Winston. Um, you know, we've had Sal come down and, and, and Darlington and, um, you know, the Sirius XM guys. But really, to yep. be honest with you, it's, it's really been since Reva since we've really seen the big stars show up. Um, and, and it's coming, you know, just watching the, 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 the network shows since this happened, um, it's really been the talk of, of all of football. And, and you know what? It's, it's, I don't, gosh, this is bad to say, 
Eitan, I don't know if this is good or bad, but it has provided a distraction, right, with what's going on yeah. in the world. You know, we don't want it to, to be so distracting that people forget, you know, what is really going on and what really important, for the, important and that's human life. But, but you know what? It has given Buccaneer fans and really the NFL in general something to talk about this week and maybe take our minds off of, of the craziness in the world. There'll be plenty of time for the craziness in the world to, to come creeping back up here in a few days when things settle down here in Tampa Bay. Well said, Mark. And I'll add, if anything can keep people inside their homes, even if it's going on Twitter and letting the entire division, the entire everybody else down there, hey, look, we got Brady. And just bra- if that keeps people inside for as long as it needs to be, then I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah, no, I'm with you. It's 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 such a surreal time in which we live, right? It, it, it's like a Hollywood movie that if. If the movie came out, we would we would enjoy the movie, but we'd be like, that's not very believable. And and here we are in the middle of that to a degree. Uh, you know, just the thoughts and prayers to everybody affected by it. Fingers crossed that it that it stays away from me and my family members, and certainly you guys as well. Uh, but anyway, we're we're a resilient world. You know, you'd like to say we're a resilient country, but we're a resilient world. We'll we'll get through it with some with some bruises and bumps, but we'll get through it and, and eventually get back to normal. I just wish I knew when that was. Yeah, and and I'll say to a lot of what we're doing, and you can see it around the world, and sometimes it comes through draconian methods like in China. Sometimes it comes where it's just common sense like in Singapore. But it seems to be working, you know, staying inside and testing and making sure that people know just testing isn't going to do it. As long as you stay inside, you're washing your hands, you're keeping away. And, look, you see it. I'm in Philly. PA is locked down in the next two weeks. We're going to be fully quarantined here. New York, San Francisco, now California. It's not a bad thing because, unfortunately, there are a lot of people in this country that aren't listening. So I think, yes, if if everybody just remains calm and says, look, maybe I can pick up a new hobby. Maybe I can read more of the Pewter Report. Maybe, you know, whatever it is that that people can do, there's opportunity now to do it at home. Hey, the the NFL is giving away Game Pass for a month. I mean, you can watch... Any NFL game between 2009 and last season. That's I mean, awesome. That, that gives you plenty. I mean, that, that'll take two months, not much, you know, much less two weeks. I mean, sign up for that. Take advantage of that. You know, we've had it for a long time because we like to review game film. But, you know, it's, it's, it's neat to go back and watch some of these old games. And not just games of, of, of teams that you follow, but, but other games that were out of market that you didn't get an opportunity to see. So, you know, I recommend that for people. And like you say, you know, Hey, read a book. Remember those things? Uh, you know, I, I'm sitting here on my phone <laughs> looking at Twitter. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I remember books. I, I, I was in a library once. Right. I'm sure. I think I was thrown out of one, but that was probably the last time. All right, I do have to ask you this because I am sure. curious where you see not even any type of issue, but maybe even a concern. Mark Cook is joining us at MarkCook1970 on Twitter, pewterreport.com is where you can read him. What is a concern that you look at outside of, hey, Brady's old? Is there any concern about the fit or the arrival of Brady, the quarterback, not the player and the resume, of course, that he brings? You know, I really don't think so. I mean, you know, the, the debate really going back to January when, you know, there was talk of Tom Brady possibly leaving New England was, you know, if he were to come to Tampa, how does he fit in Bruce Arians' scheme? Bruce Arians, as we know, loves to chuck the ball all over the field, yep. requiring a quarterback that can do that. So I guess the only concern would be 
you know, if for some reason Brady's arm just loses a little bit, you know, from last year to this year, there are some people that were saying that even towards the end of last year, maybe he didn't have the same velocity on balls. I tend to look at it as he just didn't have a lot of weapons, to be honest with you. Uh, he's not going to have that problem here in Tampa Bay. There's going to be plenty of opportunities. Now, let's let's also remember Bruce Arians is a two-time coach of the year. Won it when he filled in for Chuck Pagano in Indianapolis when Chuck was sick. Won it in Arizona. This guy knows more, you know, has forgotten more about football than most of us will ever know. He's no dummy, right? He's not going to make Tom Brady do things that Tom Brady isn't comfortable with or isn't going to be able to do it at a very high level. Um, Bruce is not going to redesign his playbook, but he doesn't have to call those plays, right? I mean, just because they're in the playbook doesn't mean they have to be the focus of the game plan for that particular week. So this is a very smart coaching staff, and uh, and they'll they'll work around whatever limitations Brady may have. But um, but be honest with you, I've I've tried to look at things from a not from a negative perspective, but you know you know where are as you just mentioned, where are some of the concerns? And to be honest with you, I just haven't been able to find anything right now. Look, that's not a bad thing by any means, especially because you're coming with an already made product in Tom Brady. I imagine it's Mike Evans, but is there anybody else that benefits more from the arrival of Brady? You know, maybe Chris Godwin. I'll be honest with you. I think Chris Godwin was the best receiver on the football team last year. Uh, Bruce Arians moved him into the role that Larry Fitzgerald took on the last few years in Arizona when Bruce was there and, and, and the position that Larry continues where he plays a lot on the inside where he, he's required to block a little bit, as, as Bruce says, do a lot of the dirty work. But, man, he just really excelled at that role last year. And, um, you know, I, I think Chris Godwin benefits as much as anybody. Everybody knows Mike Evans' name. People were starting to learn Chris Godwin's name last year. He made the Pro Bowl. Uh, but, but I think they're really going to know who Chris Godwin is at the end of the 2020 season. I think that's the guy. And then on the other side of that, O.J. Howard. I mean, we know what yeah. Brady does with tight ends, right? We, he loves his tight ends. And O.J. Howard has been uh, he's been a disappointment, to be honest with you. He, he, his first two years, he wasn't able to finish the season because of injuries last year, uh, had some key drops, and, and a couple of them turned into turnovers, interceptions for Jameis Winston. So, um, you know, they're hoping that, that, that Brady can bring out the best in O.J. Howard. Because when you look at O.J. Howard from an athletic standpoint, He's a mismatch for, for linebackers and, and probably most safeties in the league as well. So I think there's an opportunity to exploit defenses as well. So between Brady and Godwin, those are the two guys I think that really benefit most from, from Tom Brady being here. So you look around, and I know this news comes down tonight because Atlanta looks to be on a, not a fire sale so much, Mark, but just moving in the opposite direction of a team that was down a lot last year. Carolina, love Matt Rule up here in Temple, but I don't know if – if that's enough to compete for this division, you know Brady comes in automatically. It's like, all right, boom, let's go. We can compete now with the Saints. Saints get Emmanuel Sanders. How much does that hurt the Tampa Bay Bucks in a matchup or at least what they're doing on, on defense based on your overall concerns with the Bucks? Now, Emmanuel Sanders is an upgrade over Ted Kent Jr., um, you know, you've got a superstar in Michael Thomas. You know, there was some talk earlier today that Sanders could possibly – be heading to Tampa Bay, and, and that would have just been uh, icing on the cake for most Buccaneer fans. So I think the attention now turns to them resigning Rashard Perriman, who had a really good late run last year when Mike Evans and Chris Goblin went down. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, that, that, you know, listen, to me, it was still the Saints for the cream of the crop in this division. 
even after Brady signed, just based on the fact they were the champs, right? I mean, until the champs are thrown, they're still the champs in my mind. And, um, you know, adding Sanders, boy, that's that's a huge get for, for, for Sean Payton. I tell you what, though, the Saints, they don't even care about the salary cap. I mean, I, I, I was looking at the division <laughs> opponents and rivals and, like, Nobody had any money, right, except the Buccaneers. And, yep. you know, next thing you know, uh, the Falcons are signing Todd Gurley and, and Dante Fowler. And now you've got uh, now you've got, you've got the Saints, you know, bringing Drew, Bree, Drew Brees back and Emmanuel Malcolm Sanders. Malcolm Jenkins. So, uh, yeah. Malcolm Jenkins. I mean, where, where's this money coming from? How they, I, I need these guys to be my personal accountant, man. I need them to represent me when it's time to pay taxes. It's, it's true. Uh, you're right. Uh, here I'm thinking Malcolm Jenkins because – in Philly, this happened the day before they trade for Darius Slay. So everybody's, oh, Howie Roseman doesn't know what the hell he's doing. He sucks. Get him out of here. It's typical Philadelphia, of course. Yeah. And next thing you know, he signs with the Saints, and you're thinking, wait, didn't he flip Sean Payton off during a game when the Eagles played? Yeah. Like, it didn't really yeah. make sense. And then you put it all together, and it's like, well, they really are only in this for a year. Maybe they look at it and they think, we, we have a window like Brady right. has a window in Tampa with Breeze. We might as well just go for it. And we'll worry yeah. about anything two or three years down the line. Yeah, they're all in New Orleans. And, uh, and you know, the, the thing that New Orleans has to do is, is by losing Bridgewater, they can't afford for Breeze to miss five games like they did last year. I mean, at, at least at this point, uh, I like what Taysom Hill brings to a football team in his role. But I don't see this guy. He's not going to pull a 5-0 and if, uh, if if Breeze were to go down. I don't think personally, but uh, – We'll see. And I actually saw earlier there was one national reporter that, that thought Jameis Winston was a good fit to be a backup in New Orleans. Uh, that would be really interesting wow. to see uh, Jameis Winston end up at a, a, in a rival spot and, and potentially take over if, if Breeze calls it quits after one year. Mark, I'm curious, how much of this came down to taxes? Why did Tampa win over the Chargers? think, you know, I, that probably had a little bit to do with it from what we understand. Again, we haven't talked to Tom yet. They haven't done any press conference, or it's probably just going to be a, a conference call with the media uh, next week at some point. But, um, you know, I, I think there were a couple things. One, you know, the taxes certainly make a difference, right? I mean, Tom Brady's Absolutely. not going to have to send 50% <laughs> immediately to, to Tallahassee uh, when he gets paid. Now, um, but other than that, I think Bruce Arians was a big, big draw. Um, nothing against what they have in Los Angeles and with the Chargers, but uh, Bruce Arians, again, we, we talked about it earlier, his his reputation, his resume speaks for itself when you look at Ben Roethlisberger, Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning, Carson Palmer. He's worked and succeeded with some of the best quarterbacks that the NFL seen over the last 20 years. So I think maybe that was part of it. And then you add the weapons factor in. I mean, if you look at what Brady was throwing to in that playoff game against Tennessee, versus the talent he's going to be throwing to here in Tampa Bay. And yeah. It's really night and day. Uh, and then the other factor we've kind of heard a little bit is, is you know, he's, he's got a son in New York City. I, I, I don't I don't understand all the logistics of how old his kids are. None of that. We'll learn that in the future. But um, it's it's a two-hour plane ride, right? Uh, direct flight from Tampa to, to New York. And uh, it's, a, it's a long haul from, from Los Angeles to New York, that's for sure. So that may have factored in as well. Mark, I really appreciate it, man. Thank you for your message as well. I appreciate your time tonight. Everything is great, man. And just be safe, and everything will play out, I'm sure. Like you said, we're a resilient world, so uh, it's just a matter of time. We just need to stay the hell inside. <laughs> yeah, when it all settles down, man, uh, I'll, uh, what we'll do is I'm going to mail you a uh, Tampa Cuban sandwich, and you've got to mail me a Philly cheesesteak. Uh, Done. When everything gets settled down, we'll, we'll do that again. How about Done. that? Absolutely. Thank you, brother. All right.
You got it. Mark Cook, at Mark Cook, 1970. PewterReport.com will wrap the hour next on the second level. Scratching beneath the surface, it's the second level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander. All right, one thing to take away from all of this. This is going to be a battle of the elderly here. What's the movie? Jack, do you remember the movie where... It was, I think it was Tough Guys. You probably have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. And this was a movie when I was a kid. Oh, man, it came out in 1986. I promise you, the stuff I reference, as you know, is not that old. Yeah, I can't say I'm familiar. Okay, so Tough Guys (laughs) is Burt Lancaster and Kirk Douglas, a couple of former crooks. Who two aging train robbers can't get used to modern life after 30 years in jail decide to do one last robbery. But of course, you know, they're old. They don't have the moves. They're not as fast as they used to be. That's Brady and Breeze, bunch of tough guys. Set your system's volume control for slightly above the normal listening level. Let's go. Second level thinking is defined as looking beyond the easy, obvious conclusions. You gotta do some smart thinking. Welcome to the second level. To the second level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Where we go beyond the box score. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Rocket Mortgage is with you every step of the way. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts Studios, here's your host, Aton Shander. All right, some things happening in the NFL. And that's the beauty of where we are right now, which is you've got nothing happening. I mean, there are some sports going on, and to be fair, you can technically bet on things. Now, I'm not even talking about the stuff on the global market where you can bet on a ton of different things from the hot dog eating contest, which is yet to be canceled, Survivor, American Idol, I have odds on Westworld as anybody watching that show. I'll give you a couple of pieces of insight on how to bet on this show specifically. Because, look, people that want to bet, people that are missing bets, they're thinking, hmm, I have some of these futures that were voided. How can I get back on these apps and try to take advantage of some live play? Well, there's nothing happening as far as in mass, but you can still sneak in every now and again a bet or two. So upcoming events are pretty much like the Australian rules football. So 11 o'clock or 2.05 a.m. on a Saturday, 4.40 a.m. East. These are Eastern times on a Saturday, 4.40 again. Gold Coast, GWS, all these teams. Sydney is in action. So it's nothing. I mean, I, I guess people could be paying attention to it and trying to handicap it in some regard. As we know, soccer has been shut down, so you pretty much have that and the UFC to wait on. Now, the NFL futures are there. NFL futures are out as they have been, and they fluctuate depending on who signs where. Tom Brady, of course, a big signing. But beyond that, the Saints, look, the Saints are plus 1,300 right now. And as far as an NFL futures concerned, 
I have a guy in Emmanuel Sanders who just now is a new member of the Saints for a two-year deal. Malcolm Jenkins comes back at an already pretty damn good defense, especially up front, linebacker play. You have a ton of talent around Drew Brees. It's not that he truly needs it, but you've got trading wheels on Drew Brees on this bike. He ain't falling off this thing. It's not going to be Drew Brees. That's going to be the problem. Scratching beneath the surface, it's the second level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts Studios, here's Aton Shander. I mentioned that there's not much going on right now outside of some NFL futures. And now, look, you can do win totals. And I think the Saints right now would be an interesting one, especially with the arrival of Emmanuel Sanders at plus 1300. That's a really good take right now because Brady and the Bucks are going to give him a little bit of a run, but this is going to be the Saints division to lose. Over under is 10 and a half games. <laughs> I think the over, they're going to win 11 games. The Saints aren't going to take a step back unless people get hurt. And that's the only thing you can't bet based on, well, somebody might get hurt. But the Saints at Ten and a half over, I mean, again, it's going to be minus 110 regardless, is the play there. And then the Saints at plus 1,300, I think, is an amazing opportunity to capitalize on some early value. The Bucks are at plus 1,700. I don't see that moving much. Bucks could come out, win some games, okay, maybe. But remember, there are a couple of teams below them that are going to have an opportunity. The Cowboys and the Eagles are going to, again, going to be fighting for the NFC East, and they're at equally plus 19. Patriots and Seahawks, both at plus 2,000. Patriots have only lost a quarterback. They haven't really lost any other key player. In fact, they lose the safety, they bring one back. Seattle is there. Seattle's in the playoffs last year. I don't know what happens if Carson Wentz stays healthy in that football game in the first round, but the Eagles were already decimated by that point. John McMullen's going to join us this hour on the departure of Malcolm, the arrival of Slay, and some other things happening in the NFL, like Emmanuel Sanders now to New Orleans. But that's the play here. Niners at plus nine, Ravens at plus seven. The Chiefs are almost, uh, okay, plus 650. Now, those three teams are only going to go down, so if you do feel like the Niners can come back, which is very rare, Ravens can get in there now another year with Lamar Jackson under his belt, or the Chiefs who are just, hey, dealing with a quarterback right now that is the best in the NFL, Bills, Packers, Vikings, Steelers, plus 22, Uh, nothing really there. Where you can find value is on the open market. Because Westworld now is a bettable television show. And I hope if you haven't watched the show, you can't just jump in. You're going to need to sit there and watch the first two seasons. The first season is really, really good, really smart, and it has a nice balance of action, and which is tough to do. It has a decent balance of action and dialogue, intellectual dialogue and very smart show. Season two the violence and the that part of it, the action, got real lazy. But, to be fair, the intellectual area of it, 
the intelligent conversation part of it, the dialogue and the points being made, the greater points on anything from data collection to existentialism, that was fascinating. It, they just they couldn't do action. They just failed miserably. And now season three, I'm like, all right, well, a lot of the famous people are kind of moved on, and rightfully so. And whenever you have to jam in famous people that are new members in a show two or three seasons in, it's always like, is this just a desperate ploy to mask the fact that maybe they've run out of ideas? I don't know. Aaron Paul's in it. It wasn't terrible at all in the first one. Marshawn Lynch, to a little bit of a lesser extent, is in it as well, barely. But it's kind of just like, all right, man, like anybody could have been in that role. This wasn't anything specific to Marshawn. With that said, I'll leave you with this. Marshawn's character is plus 150, odds on favor in the global market to die first. But next to him is Liam, who, if you don't know what the hell I'm talking about, that's fine. If you do watch the show, he will die to set up a mystery of who his dad is and then trying to find it. It's going to delay the inevitable. But this the show does that. They constantly delay the inevitable. Let's hit fake news. So can I ask you a question? Real or fake? We sift through the most important stories of the night to determine what's real. It's true. I know it's a weird thought, but it's true. And what's not. Don't believe those lies. Four stories, only three are real. It's Shander's job to pick out the fake news. Hi, Jack. Floor is yours, sir. All right, so our quest will bring us to the great state of Texas in the beautiful city of San Antonio. Wrong story. Give me one second. Okay, so this woman is uh, been arrested, and she is clearly on drugs in this video. But the funny part is she got kicked out of the store for using a toy credit card. You know, like one of those Fisher Price like yeah. cash machines that come with, you know, it says credit card, debit cards, and right. you swipe it, they make noise. Well, apparently, she was trying to pass off that as a genuine debit card. And then she even go, the clerk, wow. there's a video about this, and the clerk even says, that's wow. not a real card. She's like, oh, wait, let me have my other one. Right. And she brings out a purple one, and it says debit card. So she had a debit and a credit card. She was kicked out of the, the store and then later found out she was uh, on a lot of prescription medication. Oh, my goodness. So she's just – does she have any valid cards at all or is this just a, eh, you know what? We don't let her out of the house with real money. I mean, is she walking around with Monopoly money as well, like Monopoly cash? The funny part about it is in the video she had a phone – and it looked like one of those phones that you give your kids. Yeah. So like she, those fa- remember those fake cell phones that yes. you couldn't even push in the button? It was just this plastic brick. And it had a little just piece of paper on it. Yes. As, yeah, th- th- this is what looks like an <laughs> iPhone. So it looks like it has apps and everything. At, at one point in the video, he says, no, 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 ma'am. Give me a call. I'll give you your meal or whatever she was buying. It wasn't speci- specify what she was buying at the gas station. He said, I'll pay for this myself if you can give me a call on your cell phone. He proceeds to give the lady his number, and she's typing it in, and she's, like, having it next to her head. Oh, my goodness. So she is obviously whacked out of her mind. Uh, the And in the video, in the comments, it did, or excuse me, in the part of the video, the thing that explains it, they did say that she was later arrested for being charged with one public intoxication and 
uh, substance abuse uh, with prescription medication. Oh, my goodness. All right. All right, so let's run it with it. All right, story number two. Uh, f- we're going to Florida. We're Plot twist, we're going to have a double dose of Florida. In lieu of all the coronavirus and the toilet paper craziness, a Florida man is arrested for allegedly stealing 66 rolls of toilet paper from an Orlando hotel. My goodness. So Orange County... 66 rolls. You know, I'm surprised this thing hasn't happened more with the run, the national run on toilet paper that we've seen, right? Like, I'm surprised more hotels aren't coming out and being like, we've been robbed of toilet paper by guests. It happens... I've been hearing stories about it happening at restaurants, uh, even in grocery stores. People were just pulling the toilet paper out of there. But this man was stealing 66 rolls of toilet paper yeah, that's from an insane. Orlando hotel. And the Marriott, too. A Marriott hotel. Just well, does the Marriott have better toilet paper than Holiday Inn? I would assume so. Maybe they Why? use like double Why? ply, whereas Days Inn would... Or Holiday Why do you Inn assume would... that the Marriott has better toilet paper? Marriott's a nicer place than the Days Inn or a Holiday Inn. Wouldn't you agree? I Holiday Inn, no. Days Inn, yes. I, trust me, I've stayed at like Motel 6s and Super 8s throughout my career. Right. They, SFI. They, they, they have the single ply. I don't know. I feel like Marriott might go double ply. It's not like a double tree. Double tree, you know, you're... I'd steal toilet paper from Doubletree. Well, I wouldn't do it from, they I don't probably, think from the Marriott. They probably have their monogram labeled on the well, toilet paper. Well, that's what paper. I mean. Yeah, so you know you're getting a good wipe. 66, is that right? 66 is the number that they're reporting. My goodness. All right, so we're going to go to another Florida story. This one happens in Tampa where a man is not arrested but charged with flying a drone, hovering it over people with toilet paper attached to the drone. Do you remember that State Farm commercial where the guy had a fishing pole and he was like, oh, you almost had it. You got to be quicker than that. No. So the State Farm commercial has. Well, he had like a fishing pole and he had a dollar attached to it. And he was like reeling the girl a dollar. He's like, oh, you. Almost- oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I do remember that. So that's what this plant, this drone was toying with people. Yes. The drone. He was re- bringing the drone down. And and they were just trying to grab it, trying to grab it, and just go away. Or he was taunting them because the story is not very specific. It just so says, this is an arrestable offense. He wasn't arrested. He was charged with loitering, but and he only got off with a fine. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So he was a f- okay. I was trying to figure out fine for basically messing with people. Yeah, he was told to get off the premises, but he wouldn't listen. So at that point, that's where the loitering comes into play. Oh, man, that's crazy. All right. All right, nice. Story three. Yep, and I'm going to give you a bonus story today because this one just proves that karma is real. A cheating husband catches the coronavirus on a trip to Italy with a mistress. So a cheating husband. Wait, say that again. Cheating husband catches a coronavirus while on a trip to Italy with a mistress. Oh, my goodness. That's so, a terrible way to catch that. Uh, yeah, the cheating hubby is in a blind panic he over dro- here. He, wait, he flew to Italy? 
Yeah, he's from the UK and he flew to Italy. Okay, I thought he. Okay, wait. How long has was this story? How long was the story? March eighteenth, twenty twenty. So about two days ago. I don't know why you would go to Italy in a time like this. Like I wouldn't go to China. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. I'm not leaving my house. I'm going to get into a flight and go to a place where they're saying is the epicenter of the virus right now. This is a crazy dude. He's in his late 30s. He will, He said he was flying to a job in Italy. It doesn't say when he went, but uh, allegedly that he went to Italy. Maybe this was before like it just became in lockdown because I don't think you can go to Italy within these two weeks. No. So maybe this was before that they were on or lockdown. Maybe he's, yeah, maybe he snuck right in there or something like that, right? But, I mean, even with everything going on, if I had a girl in China right now, I would say I'm going to have to pass on, you know, my cheatingness. Maybe wait until this thing blows over, then we can meet up. <laughs> like, wow. See, that's the thing is, what's worse now at this point? Like, the marriage is over. He, You know, hopefully the guy comes out and he's okay. But he's cooked. Like, you almost wish, all right, you're going to have to do something with the mistress now. I can't imagine that marriage would continue. The, the story does say, when the man returned home, he began showing symptoms of the deadly bug, and tests confirmed that he was, in fact, infected, according to a report. Oh, man. But, I mean, it's going on in UK right now, too. He could have just said, oh, it's in the air. I, I got it. I don't know where he could have kept this ruse up and then had to confess that he was going to Italy. Right, right. Oh, my goodness. What an idiot on multiple ways. All around. That guy's a dumbass of the day by a mile. <laughs> All right, what's the fourth one? Uh, that was the fourth one. Oh, There were sorry. two Florida stories. One about the, that's the drone right. and then the other one about... All right, that's... Uh, sorry, I don't know why I thought... So let's recap the four. I'll tell you which one I think is fake, and then you can let us know when we get back. That work? That work. All right, so let's run through. Just give me the quick skinny. Let's go in reverse. The quick skinny on each four. We had the man arrested for stealing 66 toilet papers from the Marriott. From the Marriott. Uh, the San Antonio woman tries to pay with the 7-Eleven. Or pay with the, the fakes. Everything is Fisher Price woman in San Antonio, right? Mm -hmm. The toilet paper man. And the cheating husband in Italy. They oh, got Corona. Man. I'm going to say... This is tough because I feel like every one of them, I almost feel like the first story five or maybe like 10 years ago would be fake. But now I feel like we, because of social media and videos and viral videos of, of people being ridiculously intoxicated, just out there doing stupid stuff. It's easy to miss something like that now. I think the fake story is the toilet paper drone one. You tell me when we get back, Jack, but I'll say this. I think it's the fake one only because that would be a video. Like, of all the video of idiots say, oh, I don't care, I get all that nonsense, all the stupid kids and other people. Look, it's not just kids, it's grandparents who are out there running to the store as well. Everybody who's still out there is causing the tanks to come. I'll just say this, but that I could see going viral. That I could see being like a nightly news Lester Holt to one of those stories. So, I'll lock in now and say it's the Tampa Bay toilet paper. No, wait. It's the drone guy 
taunting people with the toilet paper. We'll take a break. Jack will tell me if I'm right or wrong coming up rear on the second level. Scratching beneath the surface, it's the second level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts Studios, here's Aton Shander. All right, let's look at this. I told you, for me, it was the toilet paper bandit. And not the guy who stole 60-plus rolls from the Marriott. But the other guy who had it on a drone and was going up and down, up and down, and taunting people, as Jack said, like that old State Farm commercial. Which one was fake, Jack? You would be correct that that one was the fake story. Now, now that- I'm surprised at myself because I thought that it was – I actually thought it was either that or the toilet paper one, the other toilet paper one. The toilet paper one sounds so ridiculous I had to throw it in here. But so there's a little backstory with the drone one. Someone did actually have a drone and was flying toilet paper over, but he just wasn't taunting. It was almost like an advert, those advertisement planes. But I just yeah. kind of made up the rest of the story as it went that he got trespassing and loitering charges. Got it. Okay. So a nice little stretch of the story there to make it fake. I like it. I like it. Journalist, yeah, journalism at its finest. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. So I'll say this, though. As far as, like, that would be crazy. And it would be not crazy, like, oh, my God, I've never seen this before, but just crazy in, in like, a ridiculous fashion to where you would see somebody with a drone and toilet paper. I mean, it would be everywhere. Now, first off, that guy would be, like, a major villain on the Internet. People would out him. Oh, my, you know, especially now in these crazy times, uncertain times, if you will that we live in, but ultimately I think it would be more a matter of watching that video. Like, I could watch that video again and again and again, I'm sure. And then, of course, you're going to see people, like, throwing stuff at the drone, throwing rocks at the drone stuff. (laughs) I mean, that would be probably the best way that you could do it. I mean, that would probably be the only way in which you could get around it because otherwise, you would need, like, a backup drone. You would need a couple of drones. Because if you go around on the beach and you have this drone or wherever it may be, maybe it's a store. Like, if you really wanted to mess with people, what you would do. Because, Jack, this was on the beach, right? It was at a Publix, actually. Oh, okay, perfect. Even better. I'm sorry. I guess I heard Publix and I thought public Beach or something, but yes. So Publix, for the people that are not in the area, Publix is like a major supermarket. They were in Nashville, great sandwiches, hoagies they call them up here. But Publix makes their own, like a lot of the major supermarkets, and just awesome sandwiches. So it was out of Publix. Hopefully, and again, this is where you would do it, is, and I'm I'm talking about the stretch story, the one that Jack made fake, is you go to a store, if it's a Publix or CVS, doesn't matter. And you go inside, you make sure you have to determine that the store is out of toilet paper because it doesn't work if there's toilet paper inside. And then people are rushing in there to buy things, including toilet paper. And then maybe as they're coming out, you mention something like, man, is anybody else looking for toilet paper? Like, who else is? I can't find a roll. Does anybody know where I can get some toilet paper? 
And it's only a matter of time, if not instantly, where you'll hear, yeah, man, you know, I'm looking for some too. What the hell? This store's out. Boom. There's victim number one. I mean, you could just sit there and torment people. Here's the problem. Nowadays, and this was in Florida, correct? Everything great happens in Florida. Including you getting shot in the chest because you're taunting somebody with a drone and toilet paper in the middle of a pandemic. So I'm not trusting. If it's me, I'm probably going to stay my ass home. But even if it's an idiot, then truly that person would have some sort of meter, some sort of governor in their brain that would say, all right, don't do it in Florida. Like maybe I can get away with this in Alabama, but not Florida. That would be the way, though. That would probably be the best way in which you could maximize that little torment of people. Because otherwise, if you're doing it where there's toilet paper or if you're doing it where you're not buying toilet paper, then it's like, yeah, but look, somebody's going to come up there and punch you in the face. And probably even worse. Oh, and if you might, don't ki- – I'm oh, sorry? They might throw rocks up at his drone just so they can get the toilet well, paper. Well, that's what I was saying, right. Now, all of a sudden, hopefully there's a camera on it. Because you could see, you know, like you'd have a bird's eye view of people throwing rocks and anything else they could get their hands on. It would be something else, man, to see that. That would be viral and then some. Think about it. I mean, you would have like all the other stories are real. So the guy who stole the 60-plus rolls of toilet paper from the Marriott, and he got arrested, right? Uh, Allegedly, yes. Yes. Yes, okay, he did. Good. he did. Good, good. I think that's probably the best thing you could look at, right? I wonder what all those college kids who TP their campuses and TP their friends' rooms for fun reg- regret that and wish they had that toilet paper now. Yeah, you think so? I think it's like, man, well, what, what is it, March? How much toilet paper do you think they'd still have if they saved it from Halloween? They, they, they'd probably run through it just the same, right? Unless you're stocking toilet paper in the basement, knowing, of course, what's what's coming. <laughs> John McMullen's going to join us. Yeah, I know he's not hoarding anything. Scratching beneath the surface, it's the second level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts Studios, here's Aton Shander. All right, as mentioned, some news coming down before the show regarding the New Orleans Saints. Another addition for them, Emmanuel Sanders signs a two-year deal. Talked about another addition for them. And Malcolm Jenkins, who left here in Philadelphia to go back to New Orleans. John McMullen covers the NFL, covers the Eagles as well. 97.3 ESPN Beyond. Wait a second. At JF McMullen. And shame on me for not texting you this. Don't you have an, aren't you writing now for SI, Eagles Maven? Yes, I am. Yes, I okay. am, Nathan. Well, congratulations first and foremost. Hey, I appreciate it, buddy. Awesome, man. So let's start with Emmanuel Sanders of the Saints. I just put a bet in. I a small bet. That's what we do. Small stuff here. Saints over ten and a half, plus thirteen hundred to win the Super Bowl. I get it. Everybody could get hurt, but 
This team really looks like, John, they're in it to win it for like a year, maybe a year and a half, depending on Breeze, and then we'll probably have to reset everything. Yeah, no question. And that's what you do. That's what they should be doing. I I mean, they have Drew Breeze. We all understand the age. Uh, He's probably got a year, maybe two years playing at that type of level. So you got to go all in. That's exactly when you bring in veteran players like Emmanuel Sanders, Malcolm Jenkins. Uh, that's what you should do. And there are, I talk about it all the time. There's different phases of roster building in the NFL. The Saints, the window is open. I don't think there's any question about it. Uh, and I think they're making the right decisions. You're right. Anytime this is a young man's league. So you've already seen here in Philadelphia where we're based, we, we've seen the, the start of the descent of Malcolm Jenkins. Uh, you hope it doesn't speed up too quickly from New Orleans standpoint. Uh, but there's always that 50-50 and you got to make decisions. That's where it comes down to your evaluation. How, how much do these players have left? But if you're, if you have Super Bowl and you can see it in your vision, you got to go with veteran players. You can't just rely on young players and rookies and, and guys like that. You got to go for it. Well, speaking of which, going for it, clearly that's what Tampa's doing, knowing that they have a two-year window at most with Tom Brady. I don't know if you remember this movie, Tough Guys, with Burt Lancaster. Do you remember that? That old school came out in the 80s? Yeah, I remember it. I don't think I've seen it since... 1988, probably. Yes, I'm sure, and and me neither. And, of course, I I made the reference earlier. But, you know, I I feel like we could be on the verge of something cool, which is Breeze and Brady and their twilight years battling it out for the division, or, you know, it could be like the first half of that movie where these guys get out of prison 30 years after robbing trains and they don't know what the hell they're doing. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean – I've looked at this whole Tom Brady situation, and I I didn't want him to leave New England. I I thought he should have ended his career there. Uh, I think he should have retired, to be honest. Uh, But, you know, I I think the one thing that has always defined him, going all the way back to the 2000, is 199. And that's what he just named his production company. Uh, That's where... I thought he would end up, if he left Foxborough, and that was Los Angeles, sort of the start of his post-football career in the entertainment industry, sort of the LeBron James uh, pass. But you know what? What I didn't throw into the mix was what that other meaning of 199 is and the fact that he's always thought he was snubbed. Mm. He's always had that chip on his shoulder. He's always been the most competitive guy in the world, and he wants to prove to people he's still got something left at 43, go to a new situation and elevate this team. I mean, he's got six, he's got as many Super Bowls as they have playoff wins. It's astonishing if he's able to turn around this organization. Uh, and to be honest, I don't think it's going to happen. I, I really don't. Uh, but that's Tom Brady. He's willing to take on a challenge. No question about that. Well, I'm curious because why don't you think it's going to happen? I think you and I are in the same boat here. Our colleague, local Jeff Mosher, and I were battling it out, and, and he's just pig-headed about it. So I'm curious as far as 
what your con- like your actual concerns are about this team and why you don't think Tom Brady is enough to make them contenders. Well, I think he's a 43-year-old quarterback going into a new situation. Uh, I mean, I, hey, the one the one fight we all lose, and we're all going to fight it, is the father time. And Tom has been able to uh, fend that off more than most, longer than most. But I think you saw the start of the decline last season. And other people, and I'm sure Jeff points to they had no weapons, which is fair, which is true. And you look at Tampa Bay and you say, well, they have some weapons, uh, and, and, and they certainly do. And you look at Bruce Arians, and he's had a history, uh, if you go back to Arizona and Carson Palmer, of doing some successful things with aging quarterbacks. But, boy, man, I mean, 43. Even though it's easier, and we just talked about Drew Brees, it's easier in the modern NFL to play that position at, in your 40s, at, at some point, we saw it with Peyton Manning. Peyton right. Manning is, was throwing for 50 touchdowns, winning an MVP, scoring 600 points as an offense. And two years later, two years after that, he was completely shot physically. So when it comes, it's going to come quickly. And I think we already saw the start of it. So I There's... think it's coming quickly. Right, and there's no way that Brady plays after this deal, right? No. He, he, he said he wanted to play to 45. I even kind of scoffed at that. Uh, but that's always been his goal for whatever reason. That's the number he put on it. Uh, and this will be it. Uh, and and it should be it. And, and I hope it doesn't happen. I mean, we've seen it all over. You saw uh, Emmett Smith in Arizona. You go way back, and one of the most iconic images in NFL history is Joe Namath limping off as a ram. It just doesn't. It, it it just doesn't look right. Even Brett Favre. Brett Favre had his best statistical year, as amazing as it sounds, uh, when he was in Minnesota and they went to the NFC Championship game. He was unbelievable. The next year, he was shot. That's how quick it comes. Okay, so I wonder how much damage, and this is where I think you, I'll speak to your application of logic and sound reason way more often than other people when we talk about the fan conversations. But let's look at this honestly, and it's not necessarily just John McMullen, but I think it's the whole conversation. Based on what you're saying, which is that thing comes, and when it comes, it hits you hard. How much damage do you think Tom Brady can do to his legacy to people that aren't my age, your age, that saw this whole thing develop from the jump? Well, none. I I mean, it's kind of, you know, if it does damage to certain people who don't understand who he is, I mean, does that really matter? Well, maybe not. People in the industry. Right. I guess maybe not. Um, let me just jump in to clarify. Not necessarily to like some idiot who, you know, some 14-year-old kid who's new to the NFL. But I mean, maybe there are people, including media, that look at the last 10 years of who Tom Brady is, scandals and other things that are throwing in there and say it was a mistake for him to go to Tampa Bay. He really did deteriorate, and we saw the beginnings of that in New England, and he should have stayed in New England. He could have won another Super Bowl. 
Well, I, I think you, you are going to see that, and I think people will say that, and people are going to be sad when he limps off in that ugly Buccaneer uniform. Mm. And I hope he doesn't limp off, but in, in a figurative way, and he doesn't play well because I don't think he's going to play well. Uh, so I think there is going to be some of that. But everybody, this is the greatest quarterback that ever lived. I, I mean, two decades of just unbelievable consistency in the free agency era where there's so much turnover from year to year. The Patriots won so many different ways uh, over that 20-year period, 17 AFC East championships. Now, everyone talks about, well, the Jets are bad, the Bills are bad, the Dolphins are bad. Guess what? If you look at the Patriots' winning percentage, it's higher outside the division. Tom Brady made those teams stink and gave them no confidence because they beat them like a drum each and every year. So to be able to win uh, 17 uh, division titles, all the playoff appearances, all the AFC championship games, and six Super Bowls, and guess what? He should have won more. Mm. They were much better teams than the Giants. And the only team, Philadelphia beat them, and that he threw for 500 yards in that game. (laughs) This is the greatest quarterback that ever lived, and I acknowledge it's probably not going to end well, but nobody ends well. Willie Mays didn't end well. No, I mean, that's athletes. You're competitive, and you go too far, and it it never ends well, but that doesn't mean he's not the greatest of all time. Who did end well? Barry? Well, maybe Jim Brown. Guys who walk away for whatever reason. Uh, And I mean just in the NFL. Like, it's other sports, it's easy. NFL, as you mentioned, and I think you put it the best, your body, that league beats your body to crap, and it just hits you. Running backs, quarterbacks, you're all defense. You're all susceptible to it. So I wonder, I mean, who did get away good? Yeah, I mean, as I said, it's a different era. But... You know, I would say Jim Brown, but you didn't yeah. make a lot of money back then, and he went to Hollywood, and that was a decision that he didn't make that had didn't have much to do about football. So it's it's always, if you're leaving on top, it's always for different reasons. I mean, people could say Luke Keekley was a, a great player to the very end, but we're in a different era where people take safety into account. And, you know, if Luke Keekley was playing – 15, 20 years ago, he would have went for 14, 15 years, and he would have looked bad at the end. It's just, yeah, it's just the nature of sports in general, I think, not just the NFL. Jack, uh, producer, mentioned Ray Lewis. What about Ray? Went out in the Super Bowl. Well, yeah, I mean, but that's one of the assumptions. You know, Peyton Manning is the best example of that. Peyton Manning was terrible. (laughs) You know, that you talk about a great quarterback consistency-wise. Sure. You know, Peyton's right there top five with Tom Brady. Uh, he only won his second Super Bowl in one of his worst seasons. What does that mean? I, I mean, Ray Lewis wasn't close to the player he was at his apex at the end of his career. The fact, you know, I, I, I'm not a big fan of people who say so-and-so won a Super Bowl, even quarterbacks, because there's 53 guys trying right. to win. 
And another perfect example is John Elway. John Elway was great when the Broncos was losing Super Bowl. He was mediocre when they were winning Super Bowls. TD rushing for 2,000-plus yards helps. John, I'm going to run out of time, so I do want to get your thoughts on Darius Slay, the arrival here in Philadelphia, how big of a trade that is and what that means now for this Eagles defense. Well, it's huge for the Eagles' defense because they've struggled outside the numbers for years. I mean, this is by far the best cornerback in the Doug Peterson-Jim Schwartz era. So from that standpoint, it's got to help. It's a huge improvement. The only question is you have conflicting ideologies. I mean, they're preaching getting young on one occasion, uh, and then they go trade a third and a fifth-round pick, and they sign Darius, who's 29 and maybe started the descent, but that's the NFL. I mean, you have themes, and I just talked about roster building. Certain teams want to go young, but that doesn't mean every single decision you're going to go young. You need some veteran players, and the Eagles wanted Byron Jones, couldn't get him, and I think they went to plan B, and this was the best plan B possible. Awesome. Yeah, I think you're right especially when plan B can turn into, it doesn't mean that it was on initially a better option, but a lot of times plan B, hell, even a plan C can turn out to be better than what you initially thought. So appreciate it as always, men, and we'll talk soon because I know that the one thing that's not going away is NFL discussion. Yeah, it's keeping us uh, occupied. So you got to like that from the NFL standpoint. Not sane, but occupied. Yeah, not, definitely not sane, but occupied. <laughs> thanks, John, and congrats again. All right, thanks, Aton. Appreciate it. You got it, man. All right, John McMullen at JF McMullen on Twitter. We'll wrap the hour next. It's the second level. Scratching beneath the surface, it's the second level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander. All right, so one thing to look at as I gave out some insight on the first person to die in Westworld. Now, I don't know, Jack, do you watch this show? This is new, so you can't fault me for bringing up something in the 80s. No, I have not seen Westworld. I've, everyone says it's good, but I haven't seen it yet. So I'm surprised that you said everyone says it's good because I, I – not that I – disagree or or don't believe you i do i'm just saying i think it just matters on who you come into contact with because i've i've definitely dealt with people that are like oh i watch it and i gave up after the first season and you haven't met many people like that no for the majority my friends because it's on hbo correct yes sir yeah the majority of my friends that own hbo say like yeah it's the second best thing to watch besides game of thrones of course which it's not bad i'll tell you season three episode two on sunday the next person to die, plus 200 on the global market, is Liam. Book it. Lock it. That's all I got to say, man. I'm giving you insight right here. <laughs>